feel like hundreds of recordings. Oh, wait. I, I did like... I, every fucking time. I still ah, do geez. it. We're here. We're here, though, everybody. Hi. Hello. Um, I just for a little behind the scenes content for you listeners out there. I always forget that there's a second step that I need to do to start a recording after I press the record button. So I have to like name the recording and shit for it to save. And so I'm always like, all right, guys, three, two, one, record. And then I'm like, oh, wait, fuck. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. And you had to go to Dollar General and get new headphones. Yeah, I'm in a yeah, bad, that, yeah, in a bad that's place. The real... My headphones fucking shat the bed. And yeah. He's uh, in a tech tech blender right now. Tech me- hell. Tech hell. Yeah. Mentally, yeah. mentally, I'm in hell. I thought, you know how it's um, like my dad was always like, you give a big speech and you want to loosen up the crowd with a joke. Yeah. Like so Hitler. I thought it was I Hitler didn't make any jokes, I don't think. He was just he just he just had electric rhetoric. Uh but Matt's uh just, Matt is just fully embracing his, <laughs> his, his every his, every fucking defending Hitler already. Discussion. What do you mean? Paul brought it up. Paul's the one. Paul didn't uh, bring up Hitler, did he? He just yeah, did. did. Oh I I didn't hear it. But I did My it headphones suck. For a reason. Yeah, to get are they going. are they gonna work? Are you gonna get it? Are you gonna get through? Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be okay. Okay. Uh, so, um, I was thinking of uh, I, I thought of four berry related jokes, berries like okay. t- that you eat. So, what's what's an old person's favorite berry? Elderberry. That's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. What is a berry that's just for the fellas? Boysenberry. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude you're good at this. Damn, all right. Uh what is the best berry when you're sad? Ooh, that's a good that's a good one. Uh I don't know. Blueberries. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> and uh what's a smoker's favorite berry? Uh nicotine berry. You got a guess, Paul? Oh, give me a clue. No. That is a clue. <laughs> oh. The the question is the clue. Yeah. Wait, I forgot what it was already. Can you say it again? What's a smoke? What is a uh, what is a smoker's favorite berry? Smokers, jewelberry. <laughs> you wish. Mool moolberry. <laughs> that's funny. I like that, but that's more of a spelling joke. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves a little spelling humor. <laughs> what All is right, it? Paul gives up. It's raspberry. Oh God. <laughs> oh, that's, that's kind of a stretch, but I like it. All right. No, come on. So you just made those up yourself? Yeah. Well, I saw I saw elderberry, I saw some sort of elderberry thing today, and then I my mind went on a whole list, and I was like, <laughs> and this is how you and this is how you loosen up a crowd, and now you're ready to and give now, your you now, know now you guys PowerPoint are, uh, presentation or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. What's the, what um, I'm confused about is does that have anything to do with the book? The no, the dude. Jokes? It's just it's an icebreaker. What's why no, you pick berries? No, because I randomly saw it today and i thought of those jokes okay what's the, i just uh, i was confused about the <laughs> i just brought the I just, there's not a tie there's not a thematic tie-in no to the... we were just loosening up the crowd paul yeah okay, yeah the, here, I, I just thought i'm of on one. board now one. what what's the best berry to have with a 40 ounce big gulp from 7-eleven uh strawberry strawberry yeah that's That's great dude i can't i'm gonna add that now i got what five berry jokes berry jokes dude that's like that's pretty pretty much a tight 15 stand-up set right there (laughs) i can do a little mitch hedberg deadpan delivery situation yeah yeah, exactly all right everybody we did a whole book book, 
We did, yeah. It's uh, The Trees by, by Percival, Percival Everett. Everett. Trees. And um, so this is our second Everett book, right? My, his The other book of his that we read for the show was my favorite book last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Percival it was Everett my pick. by Virgil Russell. Now, uh, this is Paul's pick, right? So, Paul, why don't you go ahead and lead us through a, to your, the best of your abilities, synopsis, and uh, then a description of, like, why, why you chose it. Okay, well, first of all, for whatever reason, I decided to write the intro this time. First of all, this is the Spinecrackers podcast. uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Matt. Matt, yeah. I haven't written an intro for, like, the whole time we've done the podcast. I did it for Yume's Will before we started uh, recording. Just because you hated that fucking book. Yeah, the book I know, and I didn't hate this book. Yeah, I just needed to to get my thoughts out. Yeah. Um, you want to crystallize your hatred, which is not for this one, yeah. but for that one. Yeah. No, but yeah, this one I just like an hour or two ago, I was like, I'll just write something. All right. I love that. So right. I'm going to read it. I love, it. I love this. There might be typos and it might not make sense because I wrote it really quick, but here but we go. But you can read them out of existence. We're switching up the format. Yes. It's the switch up. <coughs> uh, Percival Everett's Trees, <laughs> in short, uh, is a. I already made a typo. In short, it's a satirical-ish detective story, a whodunit, uh, a mystery that's encapsulated by laugh-out-loud humor, but at its very clear core is less a critique and more a blatant display of the thriving, deeply-rooted deeply rooted racism that seems to reside in, but is not limited to, the deep south of Mississippi. How's it sound so far? Pretty good? That's great, man. All I right. love it. Keep, Keep it, it rolling. Up. Yeah. It's actually kind of long. I'll try to read fast. It begins with a few grisly murders of white men. (laughs) It begins with a few grisly murders of white men, strangled, throat slit, barbed wire garnished, balls removed and in the hands of a dead black man who who also appears to to be a victim at the scene. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Just just, just, just because you said balls instead of like (laughs) testicles. Yeah, I, I wanted to write balls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more of the more of these murders began to happen. More white men are found each time with escalating brutality, but the body of the same black man keeps uh, disappearing from the morgue and appearing again at each of the new crime scenes. Whoa. Uh, the, f- the story follows two notably black MBI agents, did Ed you write, and Jim. Did you write whoa? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, two uh, MBI agents, Ed and Jim, who are called in to investigate. MBI, MBI being an acronym for the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, which I am not sure is real or not. As I am writing this, I realize I could not, I could look it up right now and solve my own little mystery, but I have decided not to. <laughs> okay. As the number of mur- murders begin to escalate and spread from money, Mississippi, to other cities all over the country, the detectives begin to track down the mystery, discovering clues, etc., as detectives do. It's real. It's real. Within the yeah, well, I'm gonna get there. Within the first half of the book, it is revealed that the three initial white men murdered were descendants of the murderers of Emmett Till, a 14-year-old black teenager who was abducted, tortured, and lynched in 1955 in money for allegedly saying hello and whistling at a young white woman. That woman began, or being Caroline Bryant, who years later said she made it all up. Uh, she is in the book, and she dies. I wrote that. <coughs> <coughs> Uh, the characters in the book bu- in the book begin to believe that the body of the unidentified black man traveling from murder scene to murder scene and vanishing from the morgue with no explanation must be the ghost of Till, 
Although we have found out that this is not the case, and the events of the story all have real-world explanations. However, in my opinion, there is an unbelievability to the story, but that much, but that comes in much later, and I'm sure we will discuss it. Okay, this is the last paragraph. The things that stood out to me the most during the real during the read were a the humor. This is a very funny book with witty dialogue that had me lolling or for the boomer laughing out loud. LMFAO, if you will. <laughs> Two. Our many boomer listeners. So that was that was a two. This was written during the Trump presidency and feels very much of that time uh, and that not too distant period. D. I was expecting something with a bit more depth from what I've read so far of ever, which is just one book. I was uh, expecting something like a philosophical paper. I've never heard. Of, oh, sorry, I can't read. From what I've read so far of Everett, a book within a book within a philosophical paper I've never heard of within a postmodern framework while being anti-postmodern or something what I was, was what I was bracing myself for. Perhaps a lot of things went over my head, but it seems to be fairly cut and dry, deeply real and saddening and terrible and definitely worth a read for sure, but confusingly reactionary. Thank you. Let's end the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> And that was good. I like those. That's, they have a, that's Paul's review. They have a way more of like a news bulletin feel when you do them that way. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it every time. Yeah. It's fun. I like it. I like it. Switching it up. And why did you choose it? Um, well, I chose it because I love the Percival Everett, the the last book we read a lot. It was like I gave it I think I gave it five bags. And yeah. I was just excited to read more. And I had started this book. I got to I got like a third of the way in earlier this year, and then I kind of just lost lost track of it. And I was like, "Well, the best way to finish it for me would be to just add it to the list, and then I'll make sure I'll read it." Yeah. So that's basically why I chose it. Well, and this book has been a, a somewhat hype, right? Like um, it's sort of made the the rounds on on Bookstagram and BookTube and various people have done reviews of it and i think it was just nominated it was just long listed for the booker prize this year recently. yeah that's the big one so i think like what's strange what's funny is like doing this and we had meant to do this earlier but like yeah over the last couple weeks to a month uh there's been a lot more book content books booktuber content out about it uh yeah, yeah. I remember well, looking I think, it up I think like Sean months ago. Did a review. Yeah, Travel, Sean did. travel through stories. Uh, yeah, Sean was one of the first to kind of like actually uh-huh. like review it, and but like like I said, like in like the span of two weeks, there's been like four other things that I saw where it was like sudden sudden interest in like reviewing this because of the Booker. I think which, specifically, which you know, I I, yeah. I I love to see because I Percival Everett has quickly becoming one of my favorite modern authors. Um, this is like, this is my third book of his that I've read. We, I, obviously the podcast, this one. And then I also read, I am not Sidney Poitier. Um, and so you see, and he, he seemed previously to this book to be like, just criminally under read, under discussed in online spaces. Um, and you know, all that. Yeah. He's been running for a long time. Uh, super prolific he's got like 30 30, 40 books yeah yeah it's it's pretty nuts and uh it's it yeah i don't know i I have something to say about that it it feels a little bit like um scorsese or somebody getting nominated for like an oscar 
uh, or winning an Oscar, like just because it was uh, something that was, uh, it was, time. A, it was cr- a crime that they, he had not won one, but he won one for maybe not the, the right, the right project, mm. I guess is my, yeah, like, not to give my DiCaprio. shit away. So yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, not to give my sort of position away yet about it, but. Well, it's okay. So, I, I mean, kind of I gave think, away mine in my uh, little yeah. spiel, too. I mean, I think, spiel. Paul, what you said is uh, is one of the things that hit me before we, like, dive into the plot more um, is that this is a – feels like a departure from the other two books of his that I've read in the sense that those books are much more, you know, meta-fictional and, and have a ton of, like, very weird, surrealistic, absurdist elements. And this book does have that um as well as we'll we'll get into but it, it it's much more just on a prose level and a moment to moment unfolding of events level i would say straightforward than the other uh books of his that i've read mm-hmm. which well, is interesting because i <clears throat> i came across like some clips and interviews and speeches and readings he's done on youtube which are all awesome for the most part he's like the coolest guy ever i, I had a dream about him the other day and we were just driving around with we our friends <laughs> oh, i just wow. think he's like the oh, coolest that, guy oh that's so cute it was cute but there's a really good sound clip like a two minute video where he's talking about like <clears throat> americans and just how the general the general american is just like anti-intellectual and it makes him really sad and not that this book is anti-intellectual, but it's like, as you just said, it's like a far cry, apparently, from the rest of his books and what he usually does. Like, perhaps he might have dropped a certain levels of how he writes to appeal to a, a, ma- a bigger audience. And it, it does kind of make me sad that if he if he did do that intentionally or even not intentionally, this is the one that's getting recognized. Um well, I think possibly I because think, it's more it's easier to understand for like a majority of people. Well, I think it is interesting that this is the one that's getting the recognition and it's being praised to the walls for being like kind of a, you know, a quote unquote gut punch and super visceral and whatever. And it's in the form of like a hard boiled, right, like pulp. Yes. Pulp detective story. And I think that's like an incredibly calculated like, I, I you know, I, yeah. I don't think I think Everett is being super intentional uh, by kind of doing the thing where like, like kind of like what Lynch did a little bit with like Twin Peaks where it's like kind of a soap opera, but he's just talking about like <laughs> the yugic cycles of civilizational like death and whatever. Uh, yeah. But he uses like teens in a small town in a soap opera format to like get you to buy in. And that's what right. I, this feels like. It's like, it's in this um, kind of super readable, propulsive format that's by its nature simplistic uh, to try and yeah. do a, a pretty grand, like a pretty like ambitious for the throat excoriation of America and its racism and uh, including and by including like characters uh, and stuff that would normally be in these kind of pulp fictions, but uh you know what I mean? Like taking them seriously and using them to like piss off the people that he wants to piss off and draw in the people that he wants to draw in. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also, you know, using Trump and having a Trump monologue at the end. as well. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. 
probably at some point, maybe in the Patreon segment, because the, but I think Matt, you mentioned the, the propulsive way that it's written. Um, it, it is so fast moving and so quickly paced. Like there's, there's a hundred, like 108 chapters or something in this book. Right. It's like, and, yeah. Some, yeah. And, and the average is like a page and a half. You know what I mean? Like, it's and sometimes super... it's mostly dialogue and which means it's all broken indented. And yeah, so it's and very, there's a couple that are just a paragraph. There's one or two that are just like one line. Um, yeah. So I wanted I, to take a picture of, cause a couple pages is just like one page and the next page is just two chapters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's an interesting choice on his part too. Um, and I think it definitely serves to kind of like, you know, uh, heighten that sense of um, momentum that the book has. And I think particularly early on, he really like nails the 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 tone and the vibe of like that kind of hard boiled detective story, like you were talking about, like with the setup and the whole mystery of these these brutal murders with the same dead body um, showing up at at all of them. It's really fucking effective and creepy, and you're like, "What is going on here?" Uh, yeah, and it's very just weird, you know. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking about the fact that you know, like obviously the Emmett Till murder is such a infamous case and such like a sort of something to direct you, you, you know, exhibit A, right? Of like just a sort of like historical like wrongs done and the racism that existed and like you know, the post-Civil War and what Jim Crow and all that shit. And like, cause there's even a movie coming out called Till, correct? Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't heard about that, but like there's I, a movie I, coming yeah. out about Emmett Till and about his, I know I, I, think I can't wait mom. until that happens. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Counting down the days till I can watch it. Yeah. Um, kill me. Kill so me it, now. I, I don't know if, uh, you know, it, it, if it's just in the kind of zeitgeist a little bit too. Like, yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, right. Like not like spoilers. Like it, it's a question mark, isn't it? It's not Emmett Till. No, uh, no. it's someone intentionally garbed to be like Emmett Till, or it's just a, another random dead black person. But like, I well, think. It, it, okay. So yeah, we should, might as well just get this all out on the table. Now. Yeah. 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 Um, because there's a there's a number of kind of big twists that happen in the book, right? So the first big twist is that this is not actually, as Paul said, there's a real world explanation for it. It is the same body, but it's just the dead body of, uh, I think, you know, a random black person that's been made up to look a certain right. way and, and look a little older maybe than they are and so on and so forth. That's placed at these scenes by the people that are really doing the murders which are is sort of like a you know re- extremist kind of group i mean well that's part of the political question right about is this an extreme response they they're going to argue that it's not um this group who has been sort of set up by uh a woman who has dedicated her life mama z who has dedicated her life to essentially um archiving every instance of lynching that it happened in American history. And that's kind of her life project, right? Not and, even and history, includes, like starting with her own father. Starting with her own father, right. I yeah, and that. then, it, but she also includes and says that police shootings are, they they are compatible with lynches. Yes. Lynchings. And then she also includes other races too. 
not just yeah black people. it's actually it's it's black people and it's chinese people and it's kind of those yeah. two yep. i think exclusively in the book anyway and there's one chapter that just is like the three pages of just the names of all the people mm-hmm. that she had written down well the the cover of the book and this is gray wolf who i've fucking put on blast for their covers before but this is actually a pretty good kind of um somber cover it's almost like a little grave monument type of art object because it's just um you know the trees and then like a list of basically the names of everyone who's who's died of lynching and that includes people like uh unknown male unknown female yes you know all this kind of stuff and the sort of um political and historical act of just putting names to these uh tragedies in the first place yeah mm-hmm. they uh shout outs to gray wolf for this cover because we've been uh critical of their covers in the yeah past. y'all have been fucking up so good <laughs> but, job but this one's good this one is pretty good yeah um so anyway you know because we probably we'll, use the new ai programs yeah, you think Mid Journey made this? <laughs> Mid Journey made this cover. <laughs> list. Mid Journey just but just list. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's gonna happen eventually. People are just yeah. gonna use Mid Journey for making all their book covers. Um, but anyway, so this is basically, and this is the way that the detectives Ed and Jim ultimately sort of, and then later uh, uh, Herberta, who's from the FBI joins them um we'll talk more about all of them in a bit but this is sort of the way they track this group down is that they realize that there's this connection back to this medical um facility this company that like essentially ships out like like they take dead bodies and then they ship body parts for various things out it's some weird medical cadaver yeah. yeah it's like a cadaver <laughs> processing plant in like the meatpacking district of chicago I yes think. right yeah, yeah. So basically, Which, uh, this group—it's—it's it's unclear whether or not that that pl- those places are actually real to me or not. But the unbelievability is added because everyone in the in the facility, people are like playing soccer with with heads, heads. And like <laughs> tossing eyeballs back and forth. That's a very weird scene. Very yeah. weird. Um, I mean, surely places like that have they to must exist, be real, right? Yeah. Because like you yeah. need, you know, like. If a if you're a medical school, you gotta or you gotta get body parts for students to fucking learn on and shit. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Um, so someone. Well, and they they figure it out too because they the, they have one mortician that tests the body's fluids or whatever, and she's just like it's full of formaldehyde. Right. Like that was like the initial clue. Right. Yeah. Right. Like um, this body has been embalmed. Well, but that was also the, I I liked that detail because that at that juncture in the story. That would also have been compatible with it genuinely being like the reanimated corpse of Emmett Till or whatever, yeah. right? So it, it 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 was it it kind of fit with both uh, both kind of stories there. Um, so anyway, this group hijacks a truck full of these dead bodies, and is that's what they're using to stage these these scenes. Um, and initially, they're only targeting, as Paul said, the relatives of the people who murdered Emmett Till, whose names are escaping me at, at the time, uh, at the moment. Um, but it spirals from there and these murders start happening all across the country, out in San Francisco, in Chicago, Duluth, Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota, where um, I've been. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then things sort of escalate, uh, in a, 
sort of schlocky zombie night of the living dead type way from there right but also like potentially like biblical judgment day yeah yeah absolutely um basically i mean basically or like um helter skelter in a way well yeah and, and we get we get a couple scenes of um like white nationalist groups meeting about this and like this is it. This is the race war, boys. Like it's finally here. <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The, Milam and Bryant are the two families. Obviously, right. Sharp. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then Caroline, the fictionalized version of Caroline. What's her? What's her name again? Bryant. Shit. Bryant. Yeah. Caroline Bryant. Yeah. She ends up dying by, which I thought was a really fucking creepy scene, where she has the idea in her head that the the body is Emmett Till's and she's like, you know, obviously bent out of shape about it. But then you, you find out later that Mama Z and Gertrude put the dead body in her house and she just like dies of fright. Right. She just died of and a heart attack. Yeah. That, that <laughs> whole segment of that chapter was really scary. Yeah. I thought it was well done. I mean, you know, it's like Everett, Everett's playing with so many different genres here. Right. He's doing the the detective novel thing. By the end, it goes into like full biblical apocalyptic zombie like end of the world type stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I thought one of the funniest moments is like early on in the book. I forget which 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 detective it is, but one, either Ed or Jim. They make some joke about like um, black ninjas like sneak, <laughs> sneaking in and out of the crime scenes with the, like this body. And it turns out it actually is Black Ninjas. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, this group is all doing, like, martial arts training in a dojo behind a restaurant in the town. <laughs> the funniest part, I've been thinking about it for, like, six months since I've started reading this book, was early on there. It was, like, when they first discover that the body isn't at the morgue. And one of the last lines of the chapter is Ed or Jim saying to each other, there's nothing to see here. And I was just, I was fucking dying because it's like, it had, it has so many meetings in that moment. It's like, there isn't anything to see here because the body's not here, but it's also just like a, a thing that detectives say to like, you know, people at a crime scene. I was just, I was like, oh, it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever read. I think that's what, that's what, that's the, this kind of thing that Everett, I think is trying to do the most here is like just take really tired stereotypes and like deploy them in such a way that he's saying maybe like three or four things at any given moment. Sometimes I think the touch is like very light and sometimes it's like mega heavy, but yeah, I mean that, that's a good example probably of like the, the the work that Everett's trying to put in here, like nothing to see here. Yeah, and I mean, I, I agree with Paul. Like, I one thing that I will say about this book is that I think in general he's as funny as ever. There's a lot of like really funny one-liners and and quips and little jokes that that he does throughout the text. And you know, yeah, I think some hit and some don't, uh, but that's always been true in the books of his that that I've read anyway. But you know, and I think the genres that he's working with, it's it's interesting that they're because the book reads very cinematically to me like it's very filmic i would it, feel, say. it reads like a script kind of yeah it's like almost like a film script um yeah. and i think that that is also probably intentional because these 
genres and these tropes that he's playing with are all, all tropes that are often associated with like that era of like black exploitation 70s right. cinema where it's like you know the black buddy cop movie or the, <laughs> you know the black ninja black kung fu movie or like the black exploitation horror zombie flick you know what i mean right meets like what an aaron sorkin levels uh witty script what is it the long hot friday is that a i don't know what i don't know about what that one is hold on let me let me um, think of this yeah so anyway uh, yeah i think i think he's doing or or attempting to do a lot with genre and sort of making that those those film kind of film references and and connections in that way i mean i i wonder if it's a little um too filmy like it's there were there were periods where it really felt like i had i was just reading dialogue for like 50 pages almost with very very little like descriptive writing or you know yeah. internal monologue we don't really you don't really get any uh internal stuff for most of the characters uh yeah only only it really only came out when when someone was being murdered like there was a really awesome yeah. scene also when uh the the uh the reverend Yes. Uh, Fondle, which who, is an amazing who, name. Who's in the KKK. Yeah, he gets killed, and uh, that scene came out of nowhere, and you get his internal monologue of, like, how, like, his final moments, and that's scary. Yeah, that was but a we, really we probably scene. should talk about everyone's names, too, because the names in this oh my book God. are absolutely hilarious. They're like, out of control. Oh, can Reverend I just, Fondle I, was really up there for me as one of the best ones. Yeah, Reverend, yeah. not Reverend Cad Fondle. Cad Fondle. Yeah. But okay, so I, sorry. Just like one of the one of the many cultural references that I think he's making in the book is uh, "In the Heat of the Night" is the movie I was trying to think of with starring Sidney Poitier about a black man, yes, unjustly accused of a murder, and he proves his innocence and then joins the police force with like a racist cop, and it's like a you know odd couple thing in the South. Yes, that's all I meant to say. Mm-hmm. And and that movie is also referenced pretty directly in uh, "I'm Not Sidney Poitier." <laughs> Which is oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a very similar thing uh, happens in that in that novel as well. Um, yeah, there's a guy named Junior Junior. Junior Junior. Yeah. I mean, th- there's so there's many. There's a governor named Pinch Wayface, which spelled W H E Y like whey protein, which yeah. I loved. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a British woman <laughs> named uh, Helvetica Quip. Yes. Yes, that was a highlight. <laughs> there are so many. Uh, there's uh, there's three Chinese cops whose names last names comprise ho chi and min like when they, they all introduce themselves to <laughs> yeah. each other and it's just like oh my god like, <laughs> what? this is so ridiculous there's a waitress named herberta hind and it's her behind that's well, she's, the, she's, the, she's the fbi agent yes she's the fbi agent yeah there's a guy there's another detective or something named just wesley snipes yep and they just, <laughs> and they just say not that one. <laughs> there was another example of that too, where it was like someone with almost the exact same name as a famous person, and it's just like no relation. Like no, nope. not this. Nope. And well, I, Jim Davis. I mean, he's the Garfield creator, so I yeah, just right. wonder if like it was something like that. Ed and Jim are supposed to be like I think the maybe the most bland. Like yeah. 
they're just functionaries, but they have a good sense of humor and whatever. But they're they're pretty bland. Who else has like yeah, they're, crazy they're, names? There was there are so many. I I, I feel like I underlined a few of them. Um, oh yeah, okay. Uh, there's someone named I don't even remember who this is. Uh, I think this is someone in the um the 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 black uh kind of you know I don't know what to call them the the group the revenge the, the the Emmett Till revenge group right um there's a, his name is just Chester Hobnobber <laughs> <laughs> it's like something that Philip K Dick would do completely seriously yeah right. yeah yeah well even even the name Sheriff Jetty made me laugh yeah Red Jetty also felt Red Jetty, Red Jetty. <laughs> yeah um, reverend dr fondle yeah they're, they're, yeah cad <laughs> fondle's pretty much just like fuck you it's just like yeah <laughs> nasty molester person yeah yeah exactly um oh, i'm trying to see because i know there were a few more that that really got i know I wish, i'll I see i'll see if i can find them um, i just laughed at wesley snipes just like wesley snipes I I just like you already get hit with so many and then they're just like and then this guy's name wesley snipes just chill it's not <laughs> And I was trying to, um, uh, there, Taggart Muldoon. <laughs> yeah. Chancy Boatwright. Da- <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, uh, the, there's the, the academic character, his name, who's named Damon Nathan Thruff, <laughs> which I always thought was pretty, which, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, anyway, there's a lot, and I, it's like, I was, I was trying to figure out, like, is he doing something with all these names? Like, is there a, a point to this, or is he just being fucking weird and goofy? And then Mama um, Z, right? The 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 hundred and five year old matriarch, the on ringleader, a, the ringleader. His last name is actually Lynch. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, don't have to do a lot of unpacking there, but yeah, well, yeah, because it, it it varies between these like clearly, um, you know. Uh, what's the what's the like technical literary term for for like uh you know a name it, it's like what 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 uh uh oh my god I'm, Alan I'm, like, yeah yeah you know like it's like when when like we've been joking about since we read like pilgrim's progress it's just the name of just just like john badman or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. there's there's some of them that are like that but then some of them are just like you know like the uh cad fondle or uh mama mama lynch or whatever but then there's just wesley snipes just like right and ho chi minh it's ho just chi like it just and feels so fucking random and her behind yeah. yeah i think like in part you know like uh everett himself is like kind of using the like because you know the, with these delroy digby <laughs> found that one that was a funny one with these hard-boiled novels, he's kind of doing a little bit of, like, the Stan Lee thing where it's, like, you know, uh, he's just using alliterative names to ha- to make it easier to remember, like, uh, uh, you know, Peter Parker or, you know what I mean? Like, he, th- that was the thing. But also, like, using Everett himself, using basically racial stereotypes a lot of the time or, like, just sort of, like, caricatures of types of people. Um, it seems just to kind of, like get your goat a little bit but also like make you laugh at the same time yeah you know what i mean like it's a very weird uh affect well it's kind of strange because i feel like what he's doing is essentially like content form power clashing like he (laughs) like he's got this genre that he's trying to comport to as 
as something of like a constraint it feels like for what genuinely for the most part feels like an immense rage yeah like i will say this book is fucking so pissed and angry and like uh you know rightfully so uh and like this kind of choice to choose something so silly and broad feels a little bit like a, a, a potentially a method to temper those emotions yeah um and filter them through humor which is a very common way to filter you know uh heavy feeling right like black humor mm-hmm. and stuff pun intended and it's like uh that's what some of these characters feel like to me it's like ho chi min it's like it's racist but it's yeah. like it's still funny and it's still like you know these people are introduced because also like for whatever reason like you know i guess during the like this particular time period in the development of america like Chinese were also uh, lynched, which is something that yeah, I feel like little... I learned, you know, was yes. like that there's that that was something that also like occurred with there's similar a, prevalence. A ton of violence towards Asians and in, in particularly in the in like as, you know, we were building the like transcontinental railroads and stuff and get, expanding westward to San because they, they were the ones who were doing that work at by right. that point. Right. They, yeah. And and. Then of course another competing like the, labor force that like we were pissed at because exactly. like the you know then the like mexicans are mentioned by like muldoon who gets murdered yes. uh as like stealing jobs as well and that the in trip master monkey we learned about the or like we're reminded i suppose about the like chinese exclusion act and all that kind of stuff from like yes. the 1800s yeah mm-hmm. I, I think uh i think what you said is right on in terms of his his because there's a comment that um mama z makes to Damon Thruff, who is this kind of like very like, you know, brilliant on paper, but very nerdy academic who is like, you know, studies uh, uh, the history of like race and blah, 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 blah. Right. And he knows Gertrude, um, the waitress. uh, I forget exactly how. And she kind of calls him down because she wants him to sort of document this project and kind of put it into language that will help it make sense to people on the outside or, yeah. or something like that. Right? I think they were like alumni at like a particular like Ivy league or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think they went to college together. Um, but there, Mama Z makes a comment to him uh, at one point that she read his book, which is of course like an academic text and was like, I don't know how you can talk about these topics and write about them right. with no hint of anger whatsoever. Um, and it feels like this is Everett's sort of, you know, performative doing, doing that except with anger. Or it's his com it's his combination. Yeah. Like you said, it's like, he's just, yeah, he's doing it with anger. <laughs> he, cause it's like, uh, you know, cause then Damon's response is like, I think that like the dry presentation of these facts should elicit the anger. And this book, yeah, right. it feels like, uh, an attempt to do both an attempt to, just display a list of people and uh, kind of like recall that history, but also not be like purely like, and those are the facts and that's what's written. And, <laughs> you know, like just the facts, ma'am. Yeah. They I don't care about like your feelings. You know? <laughs> After reading a bit more <clears throat> about like his previous works, I can't, have you, you haven't read a razor. Have you Gabe? No, I haven't. I've only read those other two. Apparently that one tackles like uh, racism too, in like the publishing world. Um, it just felt like to me, like, I, I wish I would have read 
that one first just to see where his like trajectory went over over his life because I think this is his most recent book, right? Yep. And for it to just be a little bit more outwardly angry um, is just interesting to me, and I kind of wish I would have read the the other highly race heavy book he read before this one, but I just have to do it. I mean, all of all of his books that I've read, at least the other two, they're about race to some degree or it's, or he's, you know, there's racial humor. There's like, obviously a, like I'm not Sidney Poitier is a, more about race than um, like the personal Everett by Virgil Russell, I think. But uh, it's always there for him. You know what I mean? It's, it's just yeah, like yeah. A, a clearly a topic that he thinks a lot about and has a, a lot to say about. Um, and I think in this book, it's sort of just the, uh, you know, I don't know about the culmination of those feelings, but like, certainly this is one dimension of, of, of his thoughts on it. Well, he's also been mixed by his own admissions, like by like other stuff I've listened to. I think he's, I think he's been back and forth on this issue. Like, I think there are moments where I think he feels very strongly that this is something to be like tackled directly and, and angry about but then there's other times where i've heard him in more contemplative modes and he's like i don't even know what like i don't race isn't real like I, like he's been like pretty vocal about that he's like right. i don't know what post-racial means in america because it's not but also like it, you know he's basically like boils it down to like um unless we're talking about individuals i don't really know I don't really know how, like how to even defend the concept. Yeah. I've, and in, I've and in this, this feels too. very different from like that assessment from like, I don't know, six years prior, seven years prior right. when I think that video yeah. came out. Yeah, totally. Cause I, I've listened to that video, I think as well. And it is, yeah. But it, then again, it's like, um, it could have just all built up and you know, this was published during the Trump administration and Trump is mentioned in it. And it just definitely feels just like a, um, a, rele- a huge release of anger, like you guys have been saying. It feels it feels like something that gestated and was born out of like the hysteria around Trump in a way that, yeah, it, it just colors it very much. Like it's like, yeah, it's anger about a moment. Um, well, and obviously the all the the sh- the. the highly publicized shootings and black lives matter and all that yeah, was, yeah. was all right. The thing that mix, the things that yeah, have were precipitated by and like during the, that time, which is a lot, you know, but like, um, yeah, it does feel like a reaction to, to that very, like that four year basically reign of this person. Yeah. And I, I think it's sort of like, obviously the, the setting is important. Um, and it being in the South and it's like, it's this very, like very literal, uh, uh reimagining of the of the Faulkner quote which I won't repeat cuz I'm, I'm sick of saying it and hearing it yeah you, you said you, it a bunch <laughs> you all know you all know the one I'm talking about um and say it be, again no I'm not I'm not going to say it I don't I don't want to say it I don't like saying it say it um yeah I'm, I feel like fucking Bart Simpson in the meme <laughs> say the thing yeah um, but you know I mean cuz at the end of the book it's literally like all of the dead bodies of the people who've been lynched or, or had killed in racial, racial violence literally like are rising up out of the ground and just like killing white people. Right. Like, yeah. and, like going across the country in like just, just hordes. Um, and it's just a zombie apocalypse basically. 
Well, he even goes as far as like the first, um, you know, the, the, the two police officers. I think they're money police officers that get killed by like uh, the first crowd of black people. Yeah, he describes yeah. the crowd. And when I read the description of the crowd, it was just like he described it like uh, like zombies. I mean, I what, else, what, else could, what else could they be? Yeah. Yeah. Because, so like, I, I, because of course, right? Like the 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 the, the group, the the ninjas, their um, they their their initial goal was to only kill like three people, right? Or, yeah, or and they kind of did three it, three or four people or something, and so they did that. But then all these other people start dying, and so it's almost like they kickstart this this um historical process that had just been sort of like waiting for for some kind of uh, catalyst, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It snowballs. And it just starts. <laughs> what? Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, I mean, it, it goes as far as like, you know, people in political office start getting killed and they all have funny names. And then I'm not sure if Trump does get killed, but it, you know, there's like a the White the House vice is president attack. or someone yeah. gets killed and he's, yeah, he's um. like calling for his bunker. Oh, oh, okay. Here's here's another because you mentioned Pinch Wayface. One of my other <laughs> my other favorite names, just because like because at the end he just starts kind of jumping around and there's he's showing you news reports from Chicago and interviews on TV from Arkansas and he takes you into the White House and shows you what's going on in the Trump room and you know he's really jumping around a lot. But another character name and this is uh. Uh, from you know um, like a, it's supposed to be like a governor interview in Arkansas or South Carolina pinch wayface but the sheriff is named chalk pellicid <laughs> that's just two words like, he's just starting to put two words he's two just been words. putting two words together what does this mean man um, <laughs> so you know but but then, just, they're just getting whiter and whiter because that's yes, all it really yeah is. yeah true yeah true um but I was sort of wondering, like, did, did you was your interpretation? Because at the end, Ed and Jim, after a bunch of stuff, and you know, they get uh, locked in a uh, freezer, and you know, they might you know, blah blah blah. But they finally make it back to Mama Z's, who's again the kind of mastermind of all of this, and she has the um, Thruff, the academic, just kind of copying down the names of all these people that she's um documented over the years and like the book basically ends with her posing this question to them over and over like do you want me to stop this yeah, yeah. and that's basically the way the book ends which i think is really an interesting way place to leave it but was your interpretation that like she actually was making all of this happen even though the other people in the group didn't realize that it was going to spiral into this thing or was she just kind of, you know, happy that it was happening? Because she implies that she has the power to make it stop if she's asking, right? Yeah, well, she my... says, shall I stop him? True, Not... true. Shall I stop him uh, from, from copying down the names? So, yeah, it's yeah. ambiguous. It is. I mean, my impression was it, it was her. Like, my impression. I mean, she's yet another one of these... Um, stereotypes that's used in an interesting way where she's she is literally like the fucking voodoo witch magical black woman who's you know ancient and has like ancient knowledge yep. so there's like that kind of like racist 
uh, trope going on with her. But at the end of the day, she's like this kind of, yeah, repository for the historical memory of like a stretch of time. And uh, I got the impression she was, she knew, she knew she was like basically casting a spell that would like allow the gates of fucking, you know, the underworld to open and like let the dead rise. Yeah. That was kind of my interpretation too. Um, you know, and, and I think, I don't know. I think this, this question of like putting it to all of these other characters who I think by the end of the book, when they all get to her, everyone is, is black, right? The detectives, I think Mm -hmm. everyone that's in that scene. And so she's sort of asking them, these people with disparate backgrounds, disparate careers, disparate, you know, like experiences, like, how do you, how do you feel about this? Like, this is, you know, like this is this is sort of, uh, uh, you know, the 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 uh, return of the repressed in a very violent, you know, like zombie like way. Like, is this justice? Is this what justice looks like? Is this what right, yeah. is this what we want? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and there's and for like her, this I whole... think the answer is obviously yes. And there's this whole you know sub theme about the MBI agents Ed and Jim, and then the FBI agent Hind being you know an upper level law enforcement and being black and there's this great yes. scene where hind meets mama z i believe and she's like mama z's just like kind of doesn't trust her and giving her shit and hind doesn't like necessarily know why or like it um because i think the the answer she gives is like well if there has to be law enforcement shouldn't there be black people in law enforcement to like kind of you know level the playing field and just have uh, allies in those positions. And then there's a, there's a really great scene where they, uh, it's not great. It's like kind of terrifying where they, all three of the detectives get pulled over in Mississippi yes, by a white racist sheriff or police officer or something. And it just escalates quickly. He doesn't believe that they're actually agents and um, he's like threatening to, to draw his gun and, it's not until he like they show them show him their badges which he kind of doesn't even believe that they're real but they you know they somehow get out of the situation but it 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 almost felt like they're one of them about to get shot in that situation but yeah well and they um, talk about they talk about that fear right and i i think everett handles oh on just the mama z uh conversation that she has with hind i thought was really funny and because she um you know hind says to her right like well shouldn't we be have a seat at the table in, in politics and in, and in law enforcement stuff. And Mama Z just goes, no. And Hind is like, well, why not? And she, and Mama Z is like, it's bad company and I don't keep bad company. Yeah. That, yeah. That was the line. That was <laughs> that's a based answer. <laughs> I was for, like, yeah. for real. That's fucking based dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think Everett handles that line of like black people in law enforcement and in government positions, like really, really, well and really subtly and kind of we we hear about their own sort of mixed feelings about it a lot throughout the book you know yeah but yeah, I, I was trying to relate that to the to the ending then i kind of lost train of thought of her well, her well, asking, just, like, is this justice this? is this yeah. justice yeah. and they are like the meters out of justice presumably or you know like superficially yeah. or whatever right um, yeah, they're kind of questioning their like in that moment at the end. They're kind of questioning everything that ha- that has happened to them, and probably throughout their whole careers, and just being like, you know, is this actually 
what we want in this moment? Is this okay? Is well, they potentially this- found a murderer. They potentially found the precipitator of murders. Like they know, yeah. like white, it, like white people who, with quote unquote innocence, are being slaughtered. And yeah. then the so the question is heavy. It's like, well, it's also heavy too because <laughs> because also at that point, if she if she isn't the one, you know, manifesting everything, and she they did just commit those three murders, it's like. They're probably just like, well, there seems to be way bigger problems now. And even if you started this, maybe we should just let you get away with that because potentially those were justified. You know, they, they, there's a lot going on through the, in their heads in that moment. It makes me it makes me wonder, like, if Everett, because like we've talked about already, some of his kind of, um, you know, ambivalence or, or sort of mixed feelings about these sorts of questions politically um, in terms of his interviews that he's given and other things that we've read of his and things we've heard him say, but it makes me wonder if like he's not in some ways doing like a like a reductio ad absurdum critique of a certain mentality, right? From his perspective, like is this um, because it starts out right like with already something that I think is is morally um, questionable at least, right? Which is the 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 killing of the descendants of people who did an evil thing. Right. Um, and then it goes into this essentially indiscriminate racialized slaughter. Right. Which of course is what happened, uh, originally back, back, you know, like when the lynchings and all these things were, were that sort of what America was for a long time. Um, and then poses this really, really big question of, of like, is that happening again justice is that the right thing it, obviously it's not going to undo anything that happened in the past but is it in some sense what should happen right and and prior to that question you know like so answer yes or no both of you i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you i mean it's 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 morally questionable whether or not that to do that to begin with is, is yeah, i'm sorry oh, we're out of time wait uh, wait <laughs> oh god actually that's, that's patreon only saved by the fucking bell yeah. no uh yeah i i, I won't I, I don't think it's i don't think i have just a, a straight yes or no obviously for something like that but it's like um i, I was joking i know i don't were. think Everett does either though that's the, right that's, that's of what course. i'm trying to say yeah but he's painted he, the other thing is he's this is what i think is the most fascinating thing about the book is like He's been he's been hammering so unsubtly the whole book. Like everyone is like a fucking idiot. Like like racist, like the worst just drunk redneck, yes. fat, fucking stupid, poor, you know all of this shit. So he's 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 really like rendering basically every southern character as as that. And so he's like I, I feel like he's doing the pulp thing. Like he's doing the same stereotypical treatment that like people of other races got in yes. said pulp genres. Right. Like exactly. just no quarter, just no, no charity. Just like no you're subtlety. just the worst version of whatever. Um, and then still asking after rendering every one of these people just like hateable and a ba- barely human. And he's still like, do they deserve this? Or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it, right. it makes it, it, it does make, is, 
super powerful because that's the question that was never asked even in the context of the dehumanization of people of color right. you know uh for most of american history right yeah so he's also like primed your brain to maybe even be weighed on the side of no but only because he's trying to reenact in brevis kind of like the 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 fucking hundred years of propaganda against people who weren't white in the u.s yeah um okay well it it actually uh is borderline time uh oh really yeah we're five minutes off the Uh, hour let's wrap it up for the non uh non you know pay pigs pigs. (laughs) yeah those hogs so um if you want to hear the rest of the discussion which is going to be uh really fruitful i expect um that'll be over on our patreon uh, patreon.com slash spinecrackers where we post uh, the full episode for all of our episodes as, as well as other sorts of videos and um, me uh, being drunk and playing Dark Souls and um, <laughs> Paul uh, uh, doing aesthetic uh, cooking right um, and all warts and of, all yeah all kinds and of I have stuff. some more ideas that uh, will be released soon too hell yeah New special ideas hell yeah so that's all around the Patreon uh, patreon.com slash spinecrackers for as little as two dollars a month come on what are you gonna do you don't need that extra uh you know pack of gum this yeah month. you're gonna buy what are you gonna buy six yeah. gumballs yeah yeah exactly come on over here give us your money be a bone hog and just you know <laughs> Discord. did you say bone hog yeah <laughs> that sounds like the name of someone in this book <laughs> this would be like jackster bone hog <laughs> that's a good name i like that i like i like that too yeah um well anyway so that'll be over there uh in the meantime we'll we'll wrap this episode up by uh doing what we do at the end of every episode which is (laughs) expelliarmus chocolate frogs (laughs) Um, and so I just want to uh, shout out the sponsor of this week's show, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, the new video game. <laughs> <laughs> Open world. Who's Open excited? World. I'm joking. I'm you joking. don't have to be Harry Potter. You can be any matriculated wizard at Hogwarts. That's right. That's right. Um, no, I'm kidding. We are not sponsored by Hogwarts Legacy yet. Give us a call, Warner Brothers. Um <laughs> <laughs> how fucking funny would that be it's just like we have we, like, we get like 40 listens per episode and they're like sponsored by warner brothers <laughs> yeah can we be please be sponsored by one of the big three media con- conglomerates please this spine crackers a warner brothers podcast <laughs> <laughs> What if J.K. Rowling wanted to sponsor just, us? Just personally? <laughs> just personally? Oh my God. Would we accept oh, no. it or not? It's no. just us. It's I, just I, us. It's like the end of this book. It's us hovering around the computer being like, do you want me to stop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's, everyone's got a price, right? Yeah. That's, that's right. a good moral question. Yeah. We could get uh, a lot of money. We'll, uh, Great moral we'll, question. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we inevitably get to it, of course. Yeah, the uh, I wouldn't Ron. do it. I wouldn't do it. I don't think JK. I, I don't think I would. Did you guys hear I my joke? <laughs> no, what did you say? No. C- crossing the river, Ron. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Ron Weasley. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs>
Oh no, dude. Oh hell yeah. Okay, woo, that was good. Okay, we were we were uh, scatting and bebopping in there and ripping. Oh my god, the notes we weren't yeah, playing we were, were crazy. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the the reason we we're joking about Harry Potter is because this is the segment that we do at the end of every show where we put um, the major characters from the book that we uh, literally just read. So you can't uh, dog us for talking about Harry Potter. Yeah. Because we just read another book. We took our vitamins. And we took our vitamins, we had our vegetables, and now we get to talk about Harry Potter. And we put all the characters... Once we do, once this is over, I'm going to read Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) A little palate cleanser. It's like sniffing espresso beans before your next course. That's right. (laughs) Paul's just watching the gameplay uh, trailer for Hogwarts Legacy on loop as he falls asleep. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, I do watch that quite a bit. (laughs) I watched it. It looks good. I'm excited. It looks good. Yeah. Um, And we put the characters from the book into their respective Harry Potter houses. As we've already said, there's a lot of characters in this book. And we don't – I would say we don't get a ton of the internal life of most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Per the pulp – Per the Pulp Fiction sort of style, people don't have interiority, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's just do a couple. Let's do like four. Okay. um, Ed and Jim, have to do, Ed and Jim have person. to be. They're like a uh, yeah. They're like a single entity almost. Yeah, they're, they're almost very... like Harry and Ron. <laughs> they're literally Abbott and Costello. They're like fat and skinny, respectively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of them. I mean, uh, you know, and I think yeah. Which is which one is the um? Which one is the like the one that initially flirts with Gertrude at the restaurant? Jim. Jim. Right. Okay. And they're the ones Ed, that like kind of embrace at the end, and if if this ever turns into a movie, they'll kiss at the end of yes, the freezer. Yes. Yeah, and I'm shipping them. I'm sh- they're they I'm sh- they're shipped. They're fully shipped. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like Ed is like a little bit more kind of serious, but they're they're both very like um, sardonic. You know what I mean? Like both yeah. like very just like deadpan and like detached and sort of like. The, the, the way that he writes the racism just kind of like washing over them it, yeah. and like them having to be like like literally just like interviewing people and just being just called the n-word to their face <laughs> yeah. like, it's oddly terrible like you're de- like in a detective in- investigating a murder and they're just like yep uh yep and someone's like well no offense i just said the n-word and they're like yeah none taken you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like it's so yeah. so fucking depressing yeah um but or they'll, uh, like be talking to police officers and the cop will like refer a black dead person over there and just about to be se- starting to say the n-word and they'll be like sorry yep. like, it's okay yeah Whatever. and then they'll be like afro-american like yeah. super <laughs> <laughs> uh, well yeah i think ed and jim probably would be in the same house i don't think we have enough evidence to really um i think i think jim is is pretty gryffindor though he getting locked in the uh or no maybe he's maybe he's ravenclaw because he comes up with a pretty clever idea to blow open the door of the free yeah i was gonna say they were both ravenclaw i feel like they have a sort of um intelligent and detached kind of perspective on their entire job and their so if you're like a role if you're like a MacGyver type person that does anything like that ever, you're a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, no. Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw <laughs> smart. Ravenclaw smart, clever. That's it. Yeah, that's I'm it. Joking. <laughs> no, I just yeah. also, yeah, they they're not doing anything of outward bravery. 
but they do seem like to even have gotten in the positions they're at and to like kind of just sort of like see through this entire investigation feels very uh ravenclaw you know it feels very inquisitive by nature and uh, uh kind of scientifically observational in a way one of my one of my favorite lines in the book is like um i forget how they start talking about it but you know there's a lot of great i mean like it's like buddy cop movie for a, a time right um yeah and they're in the car and like they're talking about criminals and you know maybe it was like so like oh I, we got in the wrong line of work or something and he's like you know if, oh if i were a criminal i i would do such and such and then the other one's like uh you wouldn't last a day as a criminal you're not smart enough <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good yeah, i was like that's a really funny line yeah, I'm gonna go with Ravenclaw for both. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, Gryffindor for both. I just feel like you got to be a, a brave black man in Mississippi to join the force and then for work, sure. your, work the ranks up in a white patriarchal business that is probably the NBI, if that is even a real thing. It's. Real. I was. Did you guys? It is. Yeah. But the up. thing about that is, like, how many other states have the have an M? Like Montana, Minnesota. Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. I think so are they it. all are, are they all it. MBI? I don't know. They might have different names for it. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I didn't look into it, but I, I think it's real. So yeah, it's a yeah. real thing. Most all states have like a state level, you know, equivalent of the FBI. I know. I know. I'm, but I was just. I don't know. I don't know what my problem is here. That's yeah, yeah. You're, you seem like you're hung up on this. For some I'm just like my brain shorting out because I'm just like. It's the same acronym. For what a about lot of Minnesota? Right. Is this MBI? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably. All right. Um. All Minnesota right. BI. Minnesota BI. <laughs> Min BI. <laughs> We're min-maxing our law enforcement in Minnesota. <laughs> That's yeah. the slogan. Um. Okay. Let's see. Who do we want to do next? Uh, Mama Z. Mama Z's Gryffindor. Sure. I mean, she does have her principles, and she sticks to them no matter what. Yeah. That's for Gryffindor. sure. Gryffindor yeah. witch, which is also a Harry Potter term. Gryffindor witch. So yeah. the world pretty well. Right. Yeah, I think I think Gryffindor, uh, we, I don't, you know, we don't have to get in the weeds about the our moral evaluations of her actions, but I think... Not yet. In terms Wait for of, the Patreon only. Yeah, it's Patreon only, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, uncritical support. Um, no. <laughs> Kill them all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Gryffindor for Mama Z is pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Who should we do next? We can do uh, maybe Gertrude and or Herberta. I'm gonna uh, Gertrude. I, like her- I would say Ravenclaw. Yeah, and Herberta. I would say Gryffindor. Why would yeah I think yeah I think Herberta's Gryffindor she's very uh, you know she did it as like a prove yourself kind of thing yeah yeah whereas uh, Gertrude is like again to comport to a stereotype which this book is not about she's brainy and uh, you know I don't know she's brave in the sense that she's willing to like join some sort of resistance sort of local terrorist kind of organization um you're muted dude you're muted gabe my bad she does also get the wool pulled over her eyes by mama z and she's just kind of following arguably blindly mama z's lead oh yeah. so is she a hufflepuff I was, that's kind of what i was thinking Ooh. Hmm. actually that's a great yeah 
I think she yeah, may I'm, be that. And she basically she basically worships Mama up. Z. She's loyal to Mama Z. Mm, I was blinded and now I see. I think she's Puff. Yeah. All right. If I did have a Hufflepuff stamp, I would stamp her name right. right now. Stamped as a Puff. Puff. Um, all right. Cool. That's that. That's Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> do you guys have a word? I actually don't, and I'm not going to look for one. I just forgot to do it. I'm so sorry. this is the other segment that we do on the show uh, and all um, intermittently participate in. <laughs> where we find a, uh, a word from the book that we just read where we didn't know the word or uh, the, it initially conceived as a Scrabble segment. So find a good Scrabble word or an interesting word or a new word to us from the book that we just read. And mine is on, actually on the first page in the third line, and it's Nescience. God um, gave it. You've which... done it again. <laughs> Me and Matt use the same word every fucking time. Oh every God. time. You've done it again. I'm sorry. Well, you went first last time and stole mine. So I Okay, went I don't have one. I don't have a replacement. No, that's fine. It can we can have the same one. Because can it, we share? Yeah, we can share. Can you guys shit. divorce your girlfriends and kiss each other already? Yeah. <laughs> Unironically, yes. No, it'd be terrible. We'd both just be like constantly stepping on each other's toes. It's my turn to play Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, oh, it yeah. would be. That, that reminds me of, of last or like two summers ago when we were in Connecticut at the camp and there was like a room right full of people. And we were playing a game where like everyone there was like twelve like fifteen people in the room and it was late at night, no electricity. And it was a game of like everyone just had to say something like a like potato chip brand or something or cars. And I for, I forget what you guys were going back and forth on, but it ended up just being you two for like forty five minutes going back and forth. And everyone was just like what are we do? What are we doing with our lives? Like, why are we still listening to these people? It was put to a stop because someone said, "I'm not having fun." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys were like, like there was like sweat beating down your brows. I think it might have been, uh, like, been, been horror movies. Yeah, that, that one, would be something that we could probably go far. Went, that one went pretty long, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, so nescience can be yours and mine. Yeah, and it just means stupid. Basically, it means ignorant. Yeah, lacking knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as we said, you know, like this is a little bit tricky with this book because the book is is very straightforwardly written. There's it's not a lot of, um, you know, difficult language or anything. And a lot of it is just sort of dialogue written from the perspective of essentially nescient people. Um, so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're not getting a lot of uh, uh, three dollar words, as they might say, in money, Mississippi. Um, right. All right. Well, that only leaves one thing before we move to the Patreon segment, and y'all know what that is. We got to score not. score this boy up. I'll go first. That's fine. Because so Paul gets to go last because it's his pick. That's house rules. I feel like um, I haven't gone last in so long. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy. Paul's happy. That's to go last. we're glad. Um, and so okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right. Uh, I loved. Personal ever by Virgil Russell, favorite book of the last year. First five, first five ever given out on the show by anyone to any book. Um, and I really liked. Uh, uh, I'm not Sidney Poitier as well. We didn't do that on the show, but I really enjoyed it. I thought this was kind of mid. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Um, I think he. I, I I get intellectually. I think a lot of what he was doing with the genre and the scope. And the, 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 you know, way he approached the writing, I think it, 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 it conceptually got a little out of, out of his control. 
um, to the point where the end of it felt like really kind of like rushed and underexplored in terms of like the implications and what what was like just what was just genuinely just like what was happening and i think of course like that ambiguity is is part of it i love dark souls ambiguity is, is <laughs> you <good>. do <laughs> wait um, you do yeah yeah believe it or not i i, I like those games okay <laughs> um, what is what is that and um but but i don't know uh and i felt like some of the moments that felt like they really should have have hit um didn't hit as much some of them did the chapter with that's just the names of the people that that hits and and the, the way that's like incorporated in the cover and all that and there's a few, there's a number of other scenes but i i kind of just felt like by the end a little bit like throwing my hands up in in a in a not in an exasperated way per se but in like a bleh, what type of way <laughs> Um, I think it's an important book. It's clear that he was sort of like taking a different approach to these subjects than he has in at least what I've read of his past work. Um, and, uh, you know, I think writing a book like this with that anger that he chastises the academics for not writing with or that he has Mama Z do, who knows if that's on his behalf or not. Because I would say Percival Everett in his other writing, he's a he's sort of an academic. He is literally an academic. He's a professor. Yeah. Um and he's sort of an academic writer in a lot of ways. Um and so maybe there was some like self-hatred in that that he was trying to work through in this it book. feels like he's spurning himself a um, bit for, yeah. for being the way he had been maybe for yeah. a lot of other books yeah and i don't know if it fully um maybe maybe it was just something that was more for him to do that he needed to do for himself which is great right. um but i don't know i don't it didn't it didn't fully uh click for me in 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 some ways and i don't even get me started on the trump chapter we'll have to talk about that in the patreon sure. uh, just just I'll, I'll just say writers don't fucking write about trump just don't just don't just no yeah don't try to fictionalize I mean, you could write about you know uh, not like art like nonfiction and stuff but it's just it's not it's not funny it's never funny you just come off like a like a 90s or like a you know like a Bush era like <laughs> hack political cartoonist and it doesn't work. Um, you might as well be a Green Day Rock Against Trump album. Yeah, you know no, that's I mean? really yeah. that's really how it inevitably comes off to me, and it, that's what happened here. It's one chapter, minor gripe, obviously, but it is one of those deeply cringe things that I just you hate to see it, um, and I I wish he didn't even attempt it. Okay, anyway, so all of that being said. I think it's like a, I don't know. It's like a 3.35 for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, as like Nescience, I feel similarly to Gabe. A lot of what he said were points that I would make. Uh, the, like I said, the kind of um, power clashing that's going on with, the sort of form that he chose to uh, encapsulate far more ambitious ideas and things that required some subtlety that just didn't work for me with like the pulpy satirical caricatures of people and whatever 
uh, at all points. Like it, it just, there were too many moments where those felt at odds as opposed to creating an interesting creative tension. Um, and uh, yeah, like, like Gabe said, the ending um, was underexplored and felt therefore a little half baked. Uh, I, I was, I was disappointed in this one a bit too. I think it's also mid, uh, especially after the, um, just the sort of heaps of praise it was given. Um, I don't even know if I'd go so far as to call it important. I mean, I think like understandable on Everett's part and for some people probably something that would be in a very cathartic and and or like paradigm shifting thing to read but uh yeah it just felt like uh, it kind of collapsed in on itself uh too many things at odds and uh too many things competing for salience the silliness with the seriousness and all this kind of stuff i know a lot of people uh criticizing this book uh or the criticisms that do exist were sort of similar I think some people weren't expecting ever to be funny period with this subject matter. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I Which don't know. He's been elsewhere in my opinion to greater effect. Yeah. There's also other books that he's written that would probably delve into some of these issues more effectively. And I don't know, there's other books we've even re uh, read on this podcast that feel more um, effective in that regard. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a, I'm, I'm going with a 2.9. Who baby spice? Wow. All right, Paul. Paul. Yeah, I mean, I generally am right around the same scoring and same thoughts as you guys. I'm not going to reiterate too much, but I, uh, the positive things that I took away though is just like Everett's wit is is just so off the charts. You, you just read like I read this just hoping that some of it would like rub off on me. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> it's it's still incredibly funny and the um you know the juxtaposition between the subject matter <laughs> and the humor is just it, it it's it, it's at least refreshing and new. You know, I've never really read a book that tried to tackle that kind of thing. Um and I just wanted to say too, like the uh, the ability Everett has to to end a hundred plus chapters in that same kind of mysterious, witty, quippy way that um, pulp uh, detective stories do end up trying to end like with some you know some one liner for him to do it over a hundred times or whatever is just <laughs> is incredible. Just like the. the uh... The, I mean, hey, uh, uh, CSI Miami did it at the beginning of every episode, and I don't know. How yeah, that that's there. true. <laughs> but they, they also, yeah, they had like a week to whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, I think I agree though that the, like, towards the end, it just kind of I was like almost rolling my eyes. Maybe that's too harsh, but the, the Trump chapter just felt like looking at a like a high school drawing of uh, someone who drew Trump with like blood coming out of his eyes or something. You know, it just wasn't it wasn't <laughs> great. Um, but I, I still think it's worth a read because, I, I mean, we're a bunch of spine crackers, emphasis on the crackers. And, you know, to, yes. it, I'm always interested to... You can't to, say that online anymore. We're a bunch well, we of peckerwoods, dude. Yeah. Bleep <laughs> that out. The... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, you got to... At least I tried to think, like, if I was a person of color reading this book, what would my um, reaction to it be? What would my experience of it be? It'd probably be like very I mean, different. I think that, maybe, that, maybe that it would down that be... road lies madness. 
and okay, and, well. and I'll probably bad takes. <laughs> oh, okay. Patreon only. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it later. But uh, yeah, but I kind of agree with Matt though. Like important, I'm not sure, but worthy of a read, yes. Um, I think. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 3.23456 uh 45. Nice dude, granular. <laughs> I love that for you. I love that for you. Atomic numbers level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh The Trees by Percival Everett, nominated for the long listed. I don't know. I don't know how the, these fucking literature yeah, well, awards work. What's the difference between Is that worse or better than shortlisted? It's so stupid. Yeah, it's got to be worse because the, sh- the the long list is like here's some. It's, it's basically just cut, it's like, longer. It's longer, and then they cut, <laughs> and then they, they cut it down, and they have the short one, and then it, and then do they cut it down again and have the actual nominees? It just feels stupid. Just do one list and have honorable mentions, you know? Yeah, yeah. Be normal. Yeah, be normal. Fuck you, Booker Prize. Be normal with yeah. the list, you freaking elitist pigs. Yeah, you yeah. Suck. You're British, so you know you're like, ew. I wonder how we can make it even more patrician and aristocratic. I hope, I hope you're. Oh, I think we the, should make this the, list the racial walks, zombie reckoning. Yeah, you're already on fire, so things are happening. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, like we said, if you want to hear the rest of the discussion, Patreon.com/slash Spinecrackers for as little as two dollars a month. Um, Welcome any new viewers uh, from our viral uh, Dark Souls boss tier list video. Yeah, they did not make it this far. A little change of pace, but if you made it this far, you're a legend and you're one of the elect. Yeah, that's right. And uh, all right. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.